Millennials want a trophy for everything. Boomers, they don't know how to use email to communicate effectively. Gen Z, well, they've got the attention span of a goldfish. We currently have a workforce that spans five generations. And these types of stereotypes, while they are very popular, they will not help us accomplish our goals. So as leaders, what are we supposed to do about it? Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast, where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and today's episode is going to tackle this huge topic of generational gaps in the workplace. I sat down with Dr. Terry McGovern at the University of Wisconsin Parkside to discuss a course he teaches on this topic. And in part one of our conversation, he's going to lay the groundwork for reorienting how we approach a multi-generational workforce. It's really a class that deals with uh, being inclusive. So we hear about diversity and we hear about inclusiveness. Oftentimes people um, want to broach diversity by you know, gender or race or culture, but really diversity is uh, much more broader than that. You, you have to look at uh, age is what we're looking at and unique experiences mm-hmm. that people bring into the workplace with them. And so the, the class, uh, the multi-generational workforce, is of interest today because for the first time in, in history, we have five generations all working together. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, it's unusual yeah. uh, because we're living longer and, and people are, we're, the type of work we're doing, you can do um, much later in your life now. For this conversation, I, I would love if you could treat myself and, and the people that are, that are listening in kind of like your students and lead us through this this huge topic because it seems like we could go all over the place i know you started guiding us there um, but where should our focus go how do we start thinking properly about this topic it begins with the idea of the reason we study this as a manager is we see that when you have people from different generations working together they bring into the workplace different attitudes behaviors norms and these can be sources of friction. So the way the class is laid out, we begin first by whenever we talk about generations, we make generalizations. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's an important point because this kind of categorical thinking, um, you know, some people can respond to it and say, well, you're describing Gen X as these characteristics and traits, but that's not me at all. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell me, yeah, that's fine. Uh, President Obama who was a boomer, mm-hmm. um, identified as a Gen X. And, okay. and I do this in the class. Uh, I have the students you know, list what years they are from um, and, and what generation they belong to. And then I ask, okay, so this is the years you were born and this is the category of generation, but which one do you more closely identify with? And then off, maybe 10, 20% of the time, students will identify with different generations. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's fine. But the, the reason we, we start off with the idea of generalizations and, and categorical thinking is because the class is ultimately about teaching managers to be able to identify perhaps biases, mm-hmm. unconscious biases, um, as well as, um, you know, perhaps uh, stereotyping yeah. that takes place. And then we give them tools um, mainly through understanding and contact with other generations to be able to become aware of potential biases and then how to prevent them from influencing their decision-making in the workplace. If you could clarify those terms that fly around all the time, so the generalizations yeah. and that, 
uh, thinking about things like that you said, uh, you know, Gen X or, or baby boomer or millennial. Um, could you clarify that for sure. us, like what those actually are and what does that look like? So there's lots of different opinions on when a generation starts and ends. Uh, I the what I use for my numbers come from the Pew Research Center, and they actually use the U.S. Census Bureau. Okay. Uh, so for like the silent generation, these are people that were born between 1928 and 1945. Uh, and, and sometimes mistakenly, students will think, well, you know, the silence, they're only 2% of the workforce. Um, they're on their way out. However, we have two presidential candidates right now that are from the silent generation, hmm. uh, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. So okay. the silence are still very much um, uh, in key roles uh, within society today. But but silence uh, right now are aged between the ages of 75 and 95. Uh, the baby boomers were born between 1946 and 64. Today they'd be aged between 56 and 74 years old. Gen X is born from 65 to 80. They will be 40 to 55. Millennials, 81 to 96. And, and this is actually a change. In the past, the millennial generation was actually seen as being born from 81 to 2000. Uh, but a few years ago, it was decided that 96 was a better cutoff point because this is when personal computers really start reaching the masses. Yeah. And so the idea of digital natives really starts to take place hmm. with uh, Gen Z. So millennials today would be age 24 to 39, and then the newest generation to come into the workforce, Gen Z, uh, from 97 to 2010. So as you can see, this Gen Z is age 10 to 23. Um, there are gaps in how much we know about them as employees, but it's it's worth noting, even though the, the newest members have started graduating from college in the last year or so, mm -hmm. Um, they've been working in businesses as teenagers uh, for over half a decade now. So um, what are some characteristics that would be identifiers for these you know, generations? Sure. So the silence, you're going to see them referred to as um, kind of chain of command. You know, this is a generation that grew up during the Great Depression. And, and that's worth noting. Um, the reason we're interested in the generations and, and how people grow up, there, there was a Swiss psychologist by the name of Jean Piaget, and he developed this theory of how we develop worldviews. And, and he argues in this developmental theory between the ages of roughly 11 to 18 for females, 13 to 25 for males. This is sort of the point in our lives where our brains are being developed. And any parent that has a child can identify that there comes a point where mom and dad could have a conversation across the dinner table and the kids are just tuned out. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point when they get older, they start tuning in mm -hmm. and they start asking questions. And this is when they're trying to develop their worldviews. So they're, they're you know, dealing with things like, well, what is love? What is work? Um, what does it mean to be conservative or liberal? And, and this is where they're going to be influenced by what's happening in the environment around them. So the silence grow up um, during this, you know, depression, World War II. So this is a generation that's going to be known more for kind of a black and white outlook. Mm -hmm. um, things are done by the book, uh, etc. Now, the baby boomers are the post-World War II generation. 
Uh, we call them the baby boomers because that's what happened. The, mm-hmm. the developed nations, pro- at this pro- time, predominantly, it was men who returned from the war, and they wanted to go home and have kids and have a family and lead a peaceful life. Mm-hmm. And they had lots of kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we saw the boom. Yeah. Uh, but during the, the boomer generation, um, this is where we start to see civil rights, gender rights, and boomers are going to be known, to an extent, they're considered something of a coddled generation. An example of that, um, kids' clothing, like kids' clothing sizes that we're familiar with today, those never existed before the baby boomer generation. Hmm. And so this is an indicator that parents were starting to pay more attention to the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so boomers are, are going to have this um, well, well, the other thing I should note about boomers is they grew up during a very competitive period. Mm-hmm. School districts weren't ready for this mass um, rush of new students. Many school districts built temporary classrooms, and, and that's sort of misleading because those temporary classrooms actually lasted decades. Okay. Uh, but they had to build them because they weren't ready for all these kids. So, so the things that you start seeing happening with the baby boomers is things like um, – different levels of athletic teams like varsity and junior varsity Mm -hmm. because they have so many. So this generation, when they go into the school place, they're very competitive. And this follows them then when they get older and go into the workplace. They become very competitive. Um, And it's a generation known as being something of workaholics. Sure. Because as they were developing, they learned that you got to compete if you want to, you know, survive. Um, so, so one of the things that happened during the baby boomer generation that affected the Xers is uh, the baby boomers, the, the pill it comes online, mm-hmm. it starts to become massive, and then you start to see um, women's rights movements. Mm-hmm. And in the 70s, the labor force in America grows by over 30% because now you have all sorts of women going into the workforce. Mm-hmm. So, so what's interesting about it is if you look at the, the family structure, silence, boomers, the family structure from the 40s through the 60s, it's a patriarchal family structure. Again, we're making generalizations. Sure. But that just means dad's the breadwinner, yeah. mom's staying home, yeah. and this is sort of what a typical, it's like a leave-it-to-beaver type family sure. uh, looks like. Well, at the center of the family is the father. Because the father is the breadwinner and makes all the decisions, et cetera, et cetera. Well, once we start seeing women go into the workforce, um, you start to see more rights and, you know, uh, women rejecting. Um, And then what you start to see is a breakdown of the family. So when the Xers come online, they witness a world where the divorce rate doubles. Mm. And, And really, the nuclear family sort of falls apart during this time. There, There is no real center. Um, and oftentimes you hear Gen X called the latchkey generation. Mm-hmm. This is a generation when they came home after school, mom and dad are both at work, so they're taking care of themselves. Um, we didn't have like the whole baby safety industry. That doesn't really exist prior to 1980. Okay. Um, daycare, like in mass daycare, doesn't exist prior to 1980. So Gen X, what they become known for later is their independence. If you're a manager, the worst thing you can do is try to micromanage a Gen Xer um, because during their developmental years, they were used to taking care of themselves Mm -hmm. and and kind of doing their own thing. So then we come to the 80s 
And now you see the center of the family has shifted to the child. The child becomes ah. the focus of the family. Um, so soccer moms, you know, come yeah. in during this. And now we start to see all these activities centered around the child. So the millennials grow up in a highly structured childhood. They go from dance lessons to karate lessons to soccer lessons. to So they're constantly being coached and getting lots of feedback yeah. as they're growing up. And so then this, this plays out. Um, as millennials go into the workplace, they want feedback sort of all the time. Um, they want to check yeah. in with their boss more often. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm really just skimming the surface here. But, but so here becomes a friction point. If you're a baby boomer um, growing up and going into the workforce and you have a silent who is your boss, um, the only time a member of the silent generation would ask to give you feedback is when they wanted to criticize you. Okay. Because the silent mentality is, you know, the reward for doing a job well is having done a job well. Yeah. Um, they weren't big into praise. Mm -hmm. So so if you're working in the 50s, 60s, and your boss says, hey, you know, uh, Steve, can you come on in here a yeah. second? I just want to talk to you. The boomer would kind of cringe. Oh, this is bad. It's not good. Yeah, now, not good. Now, now the boomer's the boss. Mm -hmm. And a millennial saying, hey, can I get some feedback? Yeah. Um, we hear some, I, I've heard some students say, yeah, millennials want feedback almost every day. Uh -huh. And so you can see that this can create a little bit of friction between a boss who may be reluctant to give feedback because it was a negative experience to them sure. versus a millennial who's always looking for feedback because that's what they were used to. And I wonder if social media plays into that too. Because uh, what I see with some, I'm a millennial, gener part of the millennial generation, I see that um, you can get feedback from people, just post anything. Yeah. And then everybody's voluntarily giving you information. So I wonder at all if that plays into some of the, feedback as well as like we're, we're, we're kind of groomed um, by social media, instant gratification, sort of dopamine hits of, of uh, feedback, whether people like it or don't like it. Yeah, now that, that's an interesting point. Uh, I just finished reading a book about Gen Z. Okay. And this is one of the more. things that you have to watch out for okay. with Gen Z because of the echo chamber. Uh, so so okay. this is a key point for managers is to be able to help the new employees to think about looking more broadly mm -hmm. at, when they're looking at sources of information instead of just those sources that you know they always go to because it aligns with what they believe in. Okay. So but but you speaking of social media you touch on probably one of the major friction points between the generations is communication. Um, so the boomers they were used to face to face or yeah. telephone. Yeah. Gen X is comfortable with email. Millennials is going to be comfortable with uh, texting. Mm -hmm. Now with the the Zs, it's it's kind of a new language. Telepathy. Using, What's next? Well, emojis. <laughs> okay. You know, sure. so sure. so okay. they're using yeah. a lot more pictures, yeah. and and plus they're using a variety of platforms. Yeah. So they will use Instagram for one set of messaging. They're gonna use uh, Snapchat for another set of messaging. Uh. So it becomes a little bit more uh, challenging because now you have all sorts of different ways. But, but the way I see this play out, um, when I was teaching in Washington, D.C., I had a colleague, a millennial colleague. She was having issues with daycare and she really wanted to meet with our department chair who was a baby boomer. Mm -hmm. And she came to me and said, you know, 
I sent the department chair a, an email, and I even put the red exclamation point in it, but she's kind of blowing me off. She's not, you know, responding to me. And I said, well, have you tried to go to talk to her? So, well, no, I hadn't, you know, I said, get on her schedule and go. So she goes to talk to her, and first thing she says is, you know, I sent you some emails. And the boomer says, oh, well, if it's really important, you need to come see me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here you had some yeah. consternation yeah. just because they had different attitudes on, you know, when should you, how should you communicate when something's uh, very important. Okay, so action item and takeaway, takeaway action item. Well, like I've done before, I'm going to save my takeaway and action item until next week when Terry begins to apply what we've just learned in this episode. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, I would encourage you, pass it along to somebody else. Uh, shoot it over to a colleague. Uh, and more importantly than that, maybe just you know start applying it yourself. And if you're feeling very inspired, you got to take a couple minutes and uh, go to whatever platform you're currently using to stream this on and give us a five-star rating, and maybe even write a review. Well, thank you for your time. If you want to connect with us, you can shoot an email over to impactpodcast at ccbtechnology.com. And as always, from all of us here at CCB, thanks for listening.